Amen. Thank you. Well, good morning. Uh, my name's Jess. I'm the youth worker here at St. Barnabas. Um, and to start uh, the talk this morning, I would love a show of hands for who here is afraid of something. Who has some? Oh, quite a few of you. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Things that there's lots of things we might be afraid of. Is anyone brave enough to share what they're afraid of? Go for it. No. What are you afraid of? Manky toilets. Manky toilets. That is something very scary. Anyone else want to share what they're scared of? Fiona, shout out. My head being underwater. Your head being on. Someone who does a lot of swimming is scared of their head being underwater. That's yeah, fair. Um, well, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I used to be afraid of the dark. Um, I might still be a little bit bush. Um, when I was little, I would make sure before I went to bed that my bedside light was on so that I could walk, turn off my main light, walk to bed, get into bed, get the covers on before having to turn the light off. Because once you're in bed, you're safe, right? And it worked really well, unless there wasn't a bedside lamp at the place I was staying. And if that was the case, what I would do is I'd make sure my bed was ready to jump in, I'd make sure there was a clear path to the light, make sure there were no trip hazards, and then I would turn off the main light and sprint into bed, put the covers over me, so that I was out of the way of any monsters or anything that might be in the dark as soon as possible. I'd spend as little time as possible in the dark. Thing is, when I was at sleepovers, completely different story. When there were other people in the room with me, we'd all be getting ready for bed, we'd be in our beds, and the light would be on. And I'd happily volunteer to get up, stroll over to the light, turn off the light, and walk back in the dark without being worried at all. Because there were people in the room with me, I could face those fears that I had, knowing that they were there. And for some reason, that just made me that little bit more confident to be able to um, face those fears. And maybe you can think of times where there's things that you're scared of that actually having someone with you, maybe a parent or a friend, makes it a bit easier for you to face those fears. Yeah? Um, well, so over the summer, we've been looking at a series of different characters in the Bible who have been called to action. And the character today is one that actually, when he was called to action, meant that he had to face his fears. And it was trusting that God was with him that helped him to do that. And so the character we're looking at today is a man called Obadiah. Who here has heard of Obadiah? A few of you, it's good. I hadn't until I read this story, so you're doing better than me. Um, now, Obadiah is quite a mouthful to say. So instead of saying Obadiah every time I'm talking about Obadiah, I'm going to call him Obi. Not to be confused with a Jedi master, uh, but he will be called Obi for this uh, story. Okay, so Obi lived in Israel and he loved God. He worshipped him and he prayed to him every day. He also worked for a king and that king's name was Ahab. Now Ahab didn't love God. In fact, if he found out that you loved God and were praying to him, he would have you killed. So I think Obi was pretty brave to be worshipping God and working for that king. Something else that Obi did a while before was he hid 100 prophets, so people who heard God's word and spoke it to the people, he hid them in a cave to protect them from King Ahab's wife. Again, pretty brave thing, I'd say. So at this time, Israel has been in a drought. Not just a nice sunny period like we've had where there's now rain, but three years without rain. 
three whole years of drought where they would have had no way of growing food, there'd be hardly any water, hardly any food. Things were getting pretty desperate. And so one day, King Ahab says to Obi, I want you to go out into the land and look for any sign of food, any plants, any water, any animals that could help us survive this drought. And so Obi goes. And while he's out looking, he bumps into none other than Elijah. Who's heard of Elijah? Yes, lots of people. Okay, now this is a bit of a shock for Obi because Elijah hasn't been seen for three years. Three years earlier, he, Elijah went to the king and said, there is going to be a drought. And then he disappeared. He went into hiding for three years. Obviously, the king was furious. So he hunted high and low for Elijah, couldn't find him anywhere. He was a wanted man. He was like public enemy number one. And so bumping into him is a bit of a shock and not necessarily a good one either. And so Elijah tells Obi that he wants Obi to go to the king Tell him that he's found Elijah and that Elijah wants to talk to him. But Obi isn't convinced, understandably, I think. Remember that the king wants Elijah and he wants him dead. But um, it seems a bit risky, really. And so Obi is saying, why would I go to the king and tell you that I found Elijah when Elijah is notoriously good at hiding? What's to say that I go to the king, tell him that I found him, come back and find Elijah's missing? What would happen then? The king would certainly want me dead. Who here thinks that hearing Elijah tell them to do that would go straight away, just like that? No. I'd definitely want a bit more of an explanation, a bit more of a reason to go. And so while Obi is listing all the reasons why he shouldn't go to the king, Elijah stops him. And he says, Obi... God's told me to come to the king. If he says I'll be here, then I will be here. Trust me, trust that God's spoken to me and go to the king. And so Obi obeys. He really simply hears what Elijah's saying, trusts that God has spoken to him and obeys and is obedient to him. Even though it doesn't make sense, even though he's fearful of what might happen, he trusts and obeys. And it might seem to us like a bit of a weird ask. I don't think any of you have recently been asked to go and tell a king about a missing prophet. But Obi was in a situation where he was scared, he was uncertain of the future, and he wasn't sure what would happen. And how many of us can think of times in our lives at the moment where we're in a similar situation, where maybe we don't know what's going to happen in September, or where we're um, uncertain of the future or scared? And how often in those situations do we listen to what God's saying and obey and act on that? Or how how often do we try and do it in our own strength? How often do we um, try and ignore what God's saying and do it ourselves? Or maybe even just chicken out entirely? Maybe you're starting a new school in September or going into a new class and that seems a bit scary. Or maybe you have a friend that you want to talk to about Jesus, but um, you're worried about what they might say and how they might react. Or maybe God's calling you into something new and something unknown that might seem scary. Whatever it is in those situations, we need to ask ourselves the question of, do we trust God? Do we trust that he is faithful and loving and good? Can I get two volunteers, please? Preferably an adult and a child. Noah, great, coming up. And we need an adult. Kelly. Kelly. 
Great volunteering, well done. <laughs> Volunteer, well done. Okay, so we are going to do an exercise called a trust fall. Have you heard of that before? Yeah? Okay, so what we're going to do is you're going to turn your back to Kelly. Perfect. And you are going to fall backwards and she's going to catch you. Kelly, are you going to catch him? Yes. Noah, do you trust that Kelly is going to catch you? Yeah. Do you really trust she's going to catch you? Yeah. Okay, how are you going to show that you trust her? Are you going to fall backwards? Okay, go for it. Fantastic, well done. Round of applause. Great guy, great job. Do you want to go back to seats? Fantastic. Okay, really simple illustration that I'm sure you've seen before. But I wanted to use that as a demonstration that trust leads to action. It isn't just that we trust, we read in the Bible that God is a good and trustworthy God and leave it at that, but it leads to action. For Obadiah, that meant it led to obedience. So when we are trusting God, it leads to obedience. If we trust that God is with us, then we can face those um, fears that we have about going into new schools or new situations. If we trust that God's word is true, then we can hear his word and share it with those around us confidently. If we trust that he is faithful and has good plans for us, then we can be obedient to what he's calling us into um, and do it with uh, willingly and joyfully. Rather than being reluctant, we can trust that God is good and act in that way. So where is it in your life at the moment that you have something that you're fearful of? Or where do you need to ask God for what he's saying in a situation? Or where is it that you need to trust God more and respond in obedience to what he's saying? Let me pray. Father, thank you uh, that you are a trustworthy God. Thank you uh, that when you speak, we know that you are true to your promises. Father, I pray that um, as we go into this week and beyond, we would be able to face our fears, um, knowing that you are trustworthy, that you are good, and that you love us. Would you show us how to be more obedient to you? Amen.